Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football, presented by BKCW Insurance. I want to thank them. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined each and every morning by Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And uh, guys, obviously the bye week, so no game this week. Coaches are on the road. Jerry, I know you've been tracking it. You've been all over it on InsideTexas.com. What, tell the folks out there what you're hearing and what the latest news is. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go through. I uh, actually ran, uh, was at Oak Ridge uh, game last night. Um, uh, and uh, Jeff Choate happened to be there, Texas linebackers coach, uh, watching Justin Williams. Obviously, Joseph Jonah Jonye too, but he's really linebackers coach. Um there um look texas will hang around the rim see what happens with justin williams um um you know the one i posted a flip story on inside texas not on justin williams just in general and look if kids are still answering the phone and having conversations with sark and the position coaches um then uh, you know look the recruitments are somewhat still in play no different than deandre robinson taking calls from other college coaches right i mean it's the same thing so texas is uh they're making an effort there. I put out yesterday as well. I'll kind of go position by position to get started, and that'll make it easy for some questions. Um, uh, yes, Sark and Banks were at Duncanville last night. I, I believe Sark's expected at modern day St. John Bosco with Kyle Flood tonight. Um, I, I think so. Um, but yeah, let's start with uh, Jeff Choates as we brought him up. He was also at Jasper. I spoke to somebody at Jasper uh, Thursday morning, put that on Inside Texas early that. Uh, uh, Texas was expected. I didn't know which coach, if it was more than one, was expected uh, by Jasper Thursday to see Ty Anthony Smith. They're pretty much showing FaceTime to these guys. That's what this is all about, uh, is some FaceTime with these guys. Ty Anthony Smith, obviously a four-star linebacker, committed to Texas A&M. He was uh, originally scheduled to come into Texas for the Kansas game. That didn't happen. Uh, we'll see if a visit happens later on. Uh, Terry Joseph is in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. He'll be at Wardell Max game tonight. Obviously, the Florida commitment, four-star DBs, that recruitment's in the balance. Texas, Florida State, LSU are recruiting him like it. They could all flip him. Uh, so that's a recruitment that's in the balance. Uh, Bo Davis went to see uh, uh, Total Beast, Brandon Brown in 2025, detackled at O'Galley in Melbourne yesterday. Then went to see Dimitri Nicholas, the Auburn commitment in Miami. And he will be up at Jones today to see DeAndre Robinson, obviously Texas commitment. Uh, Tashard Choice and Blake Gideon, I believe, are expected by IMG to see Jarrett Gibson and Jordan Johnson rebel today. Any other young kids at IMG? Um, you know, I, I kind of – I'm not sure if Texas is going by to see Solomon Williams. I think that's trending to A&M uh, pretty heavily right now. Um, so, yeah, the coaches were out and about. Uh, Chris Jackson expected uh, – at Ryan Wingo's game tonight. Um, so, yeah, the Texas coaches, Kyle Flood, was in the Houston area yesterday. He'll be up in Dallas this morning before going out to California. And, and one of the big flip possibilities is DeAndre Carter from modern day. I'm close to putting in a flip pick for him. In fact, I think Texas is a pretty decent spot there, and I think Auburn knows they have a tough, uh, tough road there. But, look, see what happens, right? I mean, this is – we're less than 100 days out from signing day, and this is when these recruitments get real, Bobby and Blake. But, yeah, the Texas staff is out and about on the road all over the place. The other one is Xavier Philsame, the safety out of McKinney. Uh, Blake Gideon, a couple of members of the Texas staff, had a conversation earlier this week after offering Saturday with Philsame and, and, and his father, who lives in McKinney. Um, and Texas, I don't think, is going up there today. I think they're going to be at a game in a couple of weeks. That's 
He's very strong on relationships, so Texas has a little work to do on that one. Georgia's also uh, would accept a flip uh, from Xavier Philsame, the five-star safety out of McKinney High. Uh, but like with Wardell Mack, Philsame, I really think what happens the rest of the way for Florida season is going to be impactful in those recruitments. Hey, Jerry, you mentioned another guy that I wanted to, to bring up, and that's a, a kind of a dark horse candidate. We mentioned already Texas has offered a couple of 2024 late uh, guys that they they found and kind of said, hey, okay, like Phil same, hey, we want to go on this guy after all, et cetera, even though he's committed to Florida. There's another guy at Shadow Creek down in the Pearland area that you think Texas might might be getting close to or at least is evaluating. Oh yeah, yeah. There, uh, Braylon Prude. He's a he's a quarter miler type of kid as a youngster. He's committed to Nebraska. He was six five, six four, one eighty a year ago. He's now about six five, two hundred or five pounds. Uh, Texas staff, Blake Gideon, I believe, is the area recruiter there. Uh, I I was told by somebody close to Shadow Creek that Texas liked him in the spring when they were by. They liked him enough to say we're going to evaluate him as a senior. And I believe uh, uh, that uh, Jeff Choate, maybe somebody else on the Texas staff, may or is scheduled to be over at Shadow Creek to take a closer look today. Um, so that's that's one of those kids, man. Bobby, I had you watch him on film this morning. He's an interesting prospect uh, because that late growth. He was a quarter miler. He's long. He's rangy. Uh, he can definitely run in coverage at linebacker position, Bobby. Yeah, he he has long limbs to be. To be fair, he, he he's actually – it says safety on his profile there, Jerry. He's a linebacker. And plays, he's, he's an outside backer. Yeah, and, and even in place, rushes the passer at times. But I just love how he's able to turn and run Yes, uh, with, with folks. And this is a typical Matt Rule recruit, right, where he has all the – he has all the numbers that you look for, and then you try to build the player over a two- or three-year period right. like that, uh, a big one. Hey, uh, we have a new sponsor that I want to uh, talk about before we get into the UA, U of H West Virginia huh. game. I don't know if people saw that last night or not, but what a game. Uh, also, some news uh, coming out on the NFL draft front with uh, a new Longhorn pick to go in the first round. It's the first mock draft I've seen him in the first round. We'll talk about that in a sec. But first, I want to say thanks to our newest sponsor, BKCW Insurance. Uh, did your business uh, did your business uh, have a frustrating renewal process? Uh, of employee benefits. Most likely you didn't hear from your agent all year. And then right before it was time to renew, they delivered the bad news of a rate increase. When this happens, the agent is providing no value to you and you're stuck in what we call the insurance trap. BKCW takes you out of the insurance trap by providing your company with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting, operating out of their headquarters in Austin and owned by a UT grad. BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year so that you can lower your insurance costs and effectively manage your company's risk. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and Central Texas nonprofits escape the insurance tra trap. And it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to BKCW or send an email to info at BKCW to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. Thank you, BKCW, uh, for your sponsorship of Coffee and Football uh, and the Longhorn live stream here. Thanks, guys. 
All right, Joel. Bobby, you were talking about West Virginia and Houston. What a game last night. What did y'all think about the, the game in general and the outcome? Uh, well, I tell you what, uh, Houston looked good at times and looked bad at times. West Virginia looked good at times and bad at times. It was typical Big 12 football in that respect. It was also typical Big 12 football that in that it came down to the last possession. I mean, the very last possession, guys. Uh, the Cougars uh, had kind of taken control, had a two-score uh, two lead in the fourth quarter. West Virginia comes back, scores a touchdown, uh, gets a two-point conversion, then holds, uh, literally holds uh, the Cougars, gets the ball back, scores on a fourth and ten. A fourth and ten from midfield. Uh, with 13 seconds left in the game. It looks like, I mean, I, I thought Dana Holgerson's career at U of H was over at that point. Yes, but for sure. West, yeah, but West Virginia, this is what happens. On the score, West Virginia gets a 15-yard penalty, okay, for excessive celebration. So with 13 seconds left, West Virginia kicks the ball out, and U of H returns it to basically, I think the, uh, what was it, the 40-yard line? Of, of U of H. U of H runs one play, gets about 10 yards, sets up a Hail Mary, which the Cougars complete. Uh, it was a comedy of errors uh, on the in the defensive backfield that allowed it to happen, in my opinion. Uh, but the uh, U of H uh, gets, gets away with one. Uh, Daner Holgerson lives to fight another day. And now this sets up Texas uh, with a uh, fight with uh, the Cougars a week from Saturday. Uh, I will say just uh, a little uh, uh, scouting report of sorts for U of H. Uh, Donovan Smith, the uh, U of H quarterback that transferred from Texas Tech last year, uh, he had a good game in the second half. He finished in the last two quarters 16 of 16. So he was on fire late. Early, he was missing short balls mid-range. Mid it was the inconsistency that actually hurt him at Texas Tech that got him out of the starting lineup a little bit along with injury. He's also good with, the, as we know, uh, running the ball. That hurt West Virginia a little bit. The Cougars' secondary looked uh, culpable or, or uh, looked uh, defeat, defeatable. Uh, I thought uh, I thought uh, I thought the Cougars did a good job against the run of West Virginia and took what West Virginia wanted to do a little bit away from them. Uh, that was that was interesting. Uh, so Dana thought he was a goner too, says Mark Schnell. I agree. Uh, no question. I, I, I looked at it, and I felt like Texas, um, this is a, a game where uh, I felt like both teams, West Virginia and U of H, had positives and negatives. Uh, now, o, uh, U of H is going to be on an all-time high against the Longhorns, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, in my opinion. Jerry. I agree. Why? 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 We talked yes. about this morning. Why do you think that? Look, I, I, because if they lose, they lose the way they did. Their daubers down. That's not a team that would come in pissed off. That's a team that would be like, I mean, look, man, I, I, they probably would have not have a head coach. If they if they if if Houston had lost that game the way it looked like they were going to lose the game, I don't think Holgerson would have coached the Texas game. Um, that's my opinion. I think that would that far down the road. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's better for Texas at U of H one. I mean, that gets gets your attention, right? Instead of a team that just 
you know, gave up a big lead and, and lost the way that looked like they were going to lose. I think it's b- much better for Texas that Houston won. Texas needs uh, to have to be on alert for everybody they play. They don't need a team that's daubers down. By the way, that's not helping Texas get better either. Yeah. Very true. All right, Bobby, the other thing that you mentioned before uh, you read that spot about from BKCW Insurance, I want to thank them once again for sponsoring today's show, uh, was the mock drafts. There's been quite a few published lately, all saying many, many different things. But I'm going to let you talk about the one uh, with Sweat in it. Surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Tavondre Sweat, Jerry, and and Blake made his first appearance that I recall in a a first round of a mock draft. This would come in from CBS yesterday, Sweat going number 16 overall. That, 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 uh, first, I mean, I know he's having a heck of a year, just was named a midseason All-American by the Senior Bowl, uh, but that was a little bit surprising. The other one that was very interesting to me, given who they are and, and what they're doing, uh, is uh, young man Xavier Worthy. Uh, Worthy went 31 overall uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid, all he needs is more toys yeah. for that offense. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a great – you know, look, I think we're going to see Sweat more in those first, second-round mock drafts as, if, if he continues to play the way he is. Um, I, I'm very interested to see when we start getting those five, six, seven-round mock drafts here at the end of the season where some other Texas guys are. Uh, because these guys aren't just – a lot of these guys aren't just throwing names against the wall. They're actually talking to scouts, kind of making their mock drafts. Uh, so I'm, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think Bobby just went in the draft. Uh, <laughs> Bobby went to run a forty at the Bobby Burton Combine. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see where some Texas guys fall. Uh, Jade Barron. Uh, where is uh, Byron Murphy? Um, Alfred Collins. Jalen Ford after Saturday. Jade Barron. Where are some of these guys going to start to be mentioned? Uh, because the reality is. The preseason mock drafts are one thing, but now that we're at the midway point of the college season and people have an idea for some kids that might start, might start coming out early, declaring as underclassmen, uh, then you have a better feel for where your upperclassmen could fall in these mock drafts. So, uh, you know, Tavondre Sweat wasn't on the first round mock drafts before the season. He was may have been on one. But he if he starts to be, that knocks down, obviously, uh, some other guys who are older. No doubt about it. Jerry, and I don't know if you saw PFF put out a mock draft earlier this week, and uh, Adonai Mitchell was the only Longhorn that, that was in that one, and I think they had him going, you know, at the very end to the Chiefs, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, no no doubt. I mean, that that's the thing that's interesting is, you know, it's a fun time for Texas fans because you know there's going to be – you could see up to seven, eight, nine names mentioned in these mock drafts, and, and that it's been a long time, maybe not ever in the seven-round draft uh, since you've had this many names. I mean, you, you know, you go down the list, list you mentioned Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, uh, Tavondre Sweat now. I mean, Quinn Ewers, obviously JT Sanders. I think JT may get dinged for his neutral wingspan because the way the NFL is, that could push him the second or third round. They're going to say hey, that hurts him in blocking. That hurts catch radius in the NFL against longer-arm players, longer-lever players, linebackers, and whatnot. Uh, but – uh, Christian Jones probably be a guy drafted late. So it's a fun time for Texas fans because there's more guys. You're sitting there following mock drafts. There's a three or four year period where Texas didn't need fans that need to follow a mock draft, Bobby. <laughs> I, am I back now? I, you're, you're back. back. 
How did, how, how, did, how, did your, how did your combine go? I said you you opted, you just entered the draft. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, my phone, I, for whatever reason, my computer literally just locked up, and I'm like, what happened? Uh, I could not beat Rich Eisen in the 40. I, I would probably say that. I, I would I would be more like I don't know. I I'd, I'd probably beat the old John Madden, but not much, but not by much. How about that? So I asked about health health of the Texas team guys. Um, Jake Majors at Inside Texas, none of us believe he's out six to eight weeks. We'll see what happens with that, right? Is he ready for U of H? Uh, you know, we don't know on that. Um, Jalen Catalan was day-to-day on Monday per Sark. We'll see. Cole Hudson could be back, obviously. Uh, Chris Ross not thinking he's back at this time uh, for that game. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to see on the health of the team. But uh, I guess my take on that, Bobby, is – O'Connor Robertson played pretty well. Sark even mentioned that. So, you know, if you're going to the U of H game with Hudson and Connor Robertson, um, the crazy thing is Connor Robertson actually has more center experience in a game than Cole Hudson does. Yes. Which so is what, what are they going to do? Are they going to, are they going to go ahead and insert Cole Hudson for his first role? Uh, or are they going to go with somebody that has some game experience while they wait for Jake Majors maybe to come back for BYU. And maybe play Cole Hudson more at both guard spots. Because Sark mentioned one one minor injury Monday that Hayden Connor was banged up going into the OU game. So if they thought Connor Robertson played well enough and you have Cole Hudson there, could you see Cole Hudson play both guard spots maybe and give those guys a little relief and get more in their guard rotation? be interesting to see. Uh, real quick, uh, before Jerry talks about Manscaped, Bobby, I want to go back to the mock draft for just a second because we have a question on it. And um, from Tyler Hastings, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. He says, thoughts on mock draft showing Quinn going to Seattle. Not sure that's a good fit. I think Minnesota is his best fit. Well, anybody with Justin Jefferson as a receiver, that's a good fit. I mean, that dude's an unreal, uh, the, the Vikings wide receiver. I, I don't know. I Look. Uh, I'm not an NFL draft expert or analyst about types of offenses, uh, coaching stats, et cetera. My, my knowledge of the NFL really stops it. Uh, I try to draft all Miami and Kansas city players in my fantasy football draft. That's, that's what I did this year. And we're currently in the top of the league, me and my, my uh, college roommate playing a fantasy football. So Raheem Mostert, Devin A. Chain, uh, Tyreek Hill, Along with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, that's that's my goal in uh, in uh, pro football. I don't know who exactly would be a good fit for Quinn. Um, it's interesting that Quinn is now getting talked about like that after having the year he's had. One of the things I would say to y'all that is very interesting to me is Quinn right now is sixty nine percent on the year passing, which we thought going in sixty five to seventy percent would be a good clip for him. But here he is in the last three games, guys. He's at 77.9% completion rate. Um, the other thing that we talked about preseason was we wanted him to have a four to one touchdown to INT ratio. He's currently at 11 to three. So not quite that four to one touchdown INT ratio. And of course, the last two games is where all those interceptions have come from. So uh, let's let's see how he finishes out. But he's definitely picking it up from a completion percentage ratio. And I know for a fact, I'm talking about this with Rod Babers on the QB room this week. I I feel like he's starting to mature into a prospect 
that is going to only climb on draft boards as we go forward. No doubt about it. All right, Jerry, before we move on and take these questions, why don't you tell everybody about Manscaped? I got it right here. Got it right here. Look, uh, guys, we're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave, it, shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code ONTEXAS, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, one of the things I say, guys, and I, I, I travel a lot, right? Well, this new handyman's going everywhere with me. Uh, for wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this a perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days without growth, three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. Again, go to manscaped.com, use code ONTEXAS, all caps, for 20% off plus free shipping. And I, I'm just telling you guys right now, Bobby said it's the size of a, looks like it's the size of a deodorant can, a, a, a can of deodorant, and it really is. I mean, fits in the hand, uh, eat, great travel tool, uh, and it goes everywhere with me. And I have a feeling this may end up being a couple of Christmas gifts as well. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Well, plenty of time to go get your questions in, so please do so. And uh, we were talking about Quinn before reading about the sponsor here, so I'm going to go back to that. Heoli Prioli, 93, mid-season grade for Quinn. I give him an A minus right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's exceeding my expectations. Uh, I thought that he, what we saw against uh, U of H. Uh, what we saw, uh, Baylor. Baylor, I thought that would come in game seven, eight, nine, as he got more further along. But I think, I think Alabama expedited his, his process and his maturation. Uh, what he did there has really picked it up. I did, I thought what Texas needed, uh, Quinn Ewers to be this year was a game manager. He's exceeding that right now, Jerry. Uh, and and with that, we'll go the 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 uh, upside of the Longhorn program. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, look, it's if he plays at the level he has uh, the rest of the way in Big Twelve, the first three games. I mean, uh, Texas is going to be all right, guys. They're going to be all right. That that's high level quarterback play. Uh, by the way, Chuck Mason's asked, do we offer JUCO D lineman Antonio Alfaro? Gosh, I hope not. That guy's been to more schools uh, um, than about anybody. And uh, high schools and colleges, no. I, I would not do that. Um, I mean, he makes a Jai Hall look like a guy that's only been to one school. This guy's been to a lot of schools, high schools and colleges. No, I would not. Talent high, but I would not go there. Well, we got lots of offensive line questions this morning, so let's get to some of those. Uh, talking about the draft again, we'll tie this one into that. Daniel Kinneman says, is Jake Majors good enough to get a undrafted free agent camp invite? I think so. I mean, I, I think he's going to, I think he's got a shot at the NFL guys. I got news for you. He's battle tested. He's gotten himself stronger. He's over 300 pounds now. Um, he's, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a first round pick or anything, 
but I do believe that uh, he has that kind of a uh, way. I, I would also say this. He's got another year to come back if he wants to. Yeah. Don't forget that. Now, that may not be what a lot of people have in, in their plans, but uh, there are worse things than having a four-year starter at center your first year going into the SEC a year from now. I, I think people are discounting Jake a little bit because he's not this ideal that they maybe want at center. But other than the false starts, Jake Majors has been a plus player this year, in my opinion. And then this next question, guys, from Mock Snell says, has Neto regressed? I don't think I can't don't think you can say he's regressed. He hasn't played enough. Um uh, I, I think I think Neto is I think Texas is very happy with Neto. I think they see very high ceiling for Neto. I think it's just some of these guys learn on different curves. And then we have another question here uh, regarding Neto and a couple other players. Nate's take says, why not have Neto or Cam at guard with Cole at center? Seems like the run game would get a bump from that. Look, I mean, the coaches aren't – I want to say this. The, the, the run game may get a bump, but what happens if the passing – pass protection doesn't, right? We The only thing wrong with the offense right now – is not is scoring in the red zone. They are at, they're 13th in the country in offensive production. 480 something yards a game, 486 yards a game. They just put up 527 against the OU, okay? It's the red zone production that matters most. Now, do you put Cam Williams and Neto in during the red zone? Okay, maybe, but it's not don't you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and try to create this whole idea that you need to reconfigure the entire offense based on one loss, uh, where you put up 527 yards without JT Sanders. Well, yeah, I mean, so I, I don't think that. Uh, look, I just don't. I don't agree with it. Um, uh, with uh, these wholesale changes, Texas is in a good position. They need to keep executing better in the red zone. They execute better in the red zone or find something that really works for them in the red zone. Texas is 6-0 and right now. It's You don't need wholesale changes. You beat Alabama, who just went to A&M and beat, beat, beat the Aggies pretty bad. I, by the way, by the way, I talked to – that's actually a good win. Um, I, uh, I talked to a uh, uh, SEC assistant coach last night driving home, and he said – I guess they scouted Auburn and said the AM defensive line is monsters. He's he he said Alabama had a good win Saturday. Now he said that's the best D line he's seen on tape this year. Period. AMs? Yes. Period. And he said not even in question. Uh UT boy, this guy's not falling. Hey, if Texas goes out and plays up to their capabilities or 90% of their capabilities, it's gonna be a great year. <laughs> And some, yeah, people would call do, and some people would call me a pessimist. I'm not. I'm just a realist. <laughs> okay, we got it. one more question regarding the offensive line for now. I'm going back to Neto from Chris Barr. He says, are the coaches worried about too many passing assignment busts with multiple first-time starter on the offensive line? Will Campbell get more assignments sound or assignment sound? See Neto on the field quicker. I don't think I don't think that matters. I don't think uh, 
DJ Campbell being more assignment sound allows for more concern on the opposite side of him. So, no, I, I don't think that's they're not. I understand what the what what you're asking, but I don't I think they're separate entities. Uh, I think it's more likely that you see uh, look Hayden Connor's issue. It, it, if you're going to say, why isn't he just the unequivocal best guard or whatever? He doesn't move people in the run game. Uh, like DJ Campbell, but he's probably the best pass protector as a guard. And so putting him next to Kelvin Banks is an interesting combo. Uh, that means that the left side is fairly well protected from a pass protection standpoint. Um, and so you can play to your strengths and then put Ogbo on the right-hand side, and all of a sudden you're, you're tightening up the right-hand side of your of your line uh, in pass protection in the, in the uh, heavy 12 pr perspective. So I, I look at it a little bit differently. I, I think that if, if Hayden Connor – it's almost like Texas needs to decide who they are a little bit. If they're going to go heavy, heavy run, then yeah, I mean, maybe you try Neto. If they're going to be continue to be 50-50, which is what they are now and what Sark wants to be, I think Hayden Connor's proven himself to be the better, uh, a more than talented in uh, pass protection. Okay, guys, we got a super chat here. This one, the first of the morning from Johnny Epps. Thank you, Johnny. And he asked, what player do you think is on transfer watch? Mine is Nayor. Oh, I think there's no question Isaiah Nayor is at this point, Johnny. I think there's – but I think there's going to be a dozen. Like, I think this is going to be a heavy transfer year from Texas because a lot of the sophomores going to be juniors are seeing some true freshmen right now that are rising up through the ranks quicker or more quickly than expected and have been passed even. To that point, like I mean, Derek Williams already seen time over some guy, other guys ahead of him, Larry Turner Gooden, for example, BJ Allen. I'm not saying those guys are, I don't put people on quote transfer watch. They are what they are. Uh, but uh, guys like that that are getting past, Xavion uh, Bryce right now, uh, getting got, you know, clearly Manny Muhammad's ahead of him, uh, already seeing time. So we'll see where it goes. I, I expect, you know, Texas to see uh, a half dozen to a dozen that, that could pitch potentially go just depending on where they end up this year. All right. Much questions on Ryan Wingo. Chris Jackson's headed up there today. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, guys. Well, we want to thank Johnny for that super chat. And somebody else I want to thank is Caldera Lab uh, for being one of today's show's sponsors. And let me tell you about Caldera Lab. It's you'll get compliments this uh, holiday season if you check them out because their compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible in little time. Men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. It's super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles and signs of aging. Enough said. Caldera Lab Skincare, you can join the 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best first impression this fall. They've created high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup. It's a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. For me personally, I'm always out in the sun, which means taking care of it is a top priority. With Caldera Lab's products, that's no longer an issue. I use the regimen, and I've seen results in just a couple of weeks. So for you guys out there listening and watching, we have an exclusive deal that you're not going to beat. You go to calderalab.com, use promo code ONTEXAS, and you'll get 20% off right now. 
That's promo code ONTEXAS at calderalab.com for 20% off and to make unforgettable first impressions with the best gift this holiday season. So uh, we got some more questions. Then again, plenty of time to get your questions in. Uh, Helio Castillo says, bye week is good for players getting healthy, but what do you guys want to see more of coming out of the bye week? Um, I think more cohesiveness on the back end of the secondary. I, I did not like hearing about coverage busts uh, against OU on the game's final drive. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if anything happened in that game, a couple things came home to roost. Texas, without getting uh, pressure on the quarterback, something we talked all offseason about, uh, married with slower-than-average safety play with Jaron Thompson uh, and Michael Taff and those kind of guys, okay? That really came home to roost, roost, in my opinion. The second thing was red zone efficiency. Those are the two pieces that if Texas can somehow get shored up in the next six weeks, would uh, put Texas on a different tier from everybody else in the Big 12, period. Now, can they do that? I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, not only getting healthy, but what I want to see is better execution in the red zone as a priority and better communication on the back end where I don't, I don't want to hear about, you know, in the two-minute drill, your, your safeties and corners get crossed up or your linebackers don't hear a, a – a, a play call change on the goal line. So that, those are the things that matter to me, Helio. One thing we haven't touched on that Sark said in his Monday press conference that I'm fully expecting to see Saturday, next Saturday. Sark said we need to get more out of our kick and punt return game. Absolutely. I U of, H, U of H returned a kick for a touchdown last night. Yeah, Matt gave all kinds of problems to West Virginia in, in punt return. I, I have a feeling Texas is about to get aggressive in the return game against U of H, or they're going to attempt to. I I, I think Worthy's um, – and some of it, I think, is is what they've wanted Worthy to do. I, I, I'm not – I don't think he's going to sit and watch as many balls hit the turf and bounce. I think they're going to get more aggressive in the punt return game. It may be with a different returner, Jerry. It may, it may have to be with a different returner because yeah. he's not – He's not exuding confidence in that role right now. By, by the way, what's always interesting about recruiting guys to me is, you know, I went to Klein Kane, and I'm not saying anything negative about Jaden Blue, but I went to Klein Kane three times, four times, five counting track meets when Jaden Blue and Matthew Golden were coming out. And to a man, the Klein Kane staff said, Matthew Golden was the best football player. And I remember Bobby was shaking his head because he remembers me telling him this. Klein Kane said, Staff said Matthew Golden's the best football player in our program, on our team. Texas came in and offered him late, probably too late, and didn't really make a push. Uh, but Matthew Golden's really good. Yeah. He's their best receiver, but they spread it around. I mean, yeah. Stephon Johnson is the one that uh, from o the Oklahoma State transfer yeah. that really hurt Texas last year, uh, came on and had a, a really good game as a true freshman for them. Uh, he transferred from Oklahoma State down to Houston. He caught the the, the deep ball at the end of the game. Yeah, but they had they have three or four guys. Man Jack, Man Jack from Tomball Memorial, who was a high school quarterback, went to USC, transferred back as a physical, tough football player. Yeah, they they have a good receiving core. Yeah. Um, the question that that is going to be there is, you know, 
How do they stop Texas on offense? Uh, that's think, an issue. You know, that that's going to be an issue. But also, you know, can Texas uh, really kind of squeeze Donovan Smith in that pocket? Uh, they should be able to. U, U of H's offensive line is not as good as OU's. It's not as – I mean, I, I think it's – you know, we'll see. It's not as good as Kansas's. Uh, Kansas uh, uh, and their offensive line for what they do is very good. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think we'll wait and see. But I'm, I'm concerned uh, about the game only from the standpoint of what does Texas do on the back end because they are going to face what has been a red-hot quarterback. Like I mentioned, Donovan Smith ending that game, having his best week uh, yet in the season, going 16 for 16 to close it out. Uh, somebody commented uh, that you don't don't bring it up that Matthew Golden really didn't do it much as a wide receiver. I mean, I mean, look, he's still the best player on that Klein Kane team. One, the coaches that the coach those coaches were right, and my eyes were right. Uh, I, I agreed with them. Uh, but look, I mean, reality is he had 584 receiving yards as a freshman. He's going to be 650, 700 this year. He's turned two kickoffs for touchdowns this year. I mean, guy's a good player. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, guys, before we move on, uh, I got, we got another Houston question here, but I wanted to say, uh, Robert Gates, right, we did not get your super chat. We got your super chat, but no question attached to it. If you'll send it regular, we'll make sure to fix that for you. And then uh, we have a question here from William Nietzsche. He says, what's Houston's weaknesses? Are there any concerns about that game? Oh, I think I think from what I saw, um, they they have a uh, they they had some problems on the back end for sure. Um, that fourth and ten play was a little bit of a bust, uh, for example. Uh, but they have good athletes. Um, I I just don't know that they're I, I don't know that they're playing a defensive style that necessarily causes much concern for a, a team like Texas. Uh, they do have a couple of, uh, they have a transfer from OU that's playing well, Aguebo. Uh, he's an outside linebacker to, to go with uh, the uh, defense fans, Nelson Caesar, who some people feel like is going to be a, a, a top draft choice. Um, but, you know, all in all, you can run on them a little bit. You can pass on them. Uh, so I, the offense isn't the issue. It's it's there, and this is this is true of any Dana, Dana Holgerson team, right? You're more concerned about what they do to you from their offensive style and what kind of uh, hooks he thinks he can put in you, uh, because he is such a a uh, uh, really good uh, offensive coach. 
Uh, I do think that that if you stop the run against Houston, you make Donovan Smith more one-dimensional, make their whole offense more one-dimensional. Uh, that that would be a big thing. The question I have is: Is he going to try to do? Is Dana Holgerson going to try to do something like what uh, Jeff Levy and OU did and try to create the run game in different ways? Not necessarily the traditional run game, uh, but use the quarterback, use the wide receiver bubble, use the jet sweep to kind of get outside. So that that's that's a bigger piece. And then obviously, I think you have to worry about Texas uh, simply not showing up and, and being aggressive coming off of a really bad loss, in my opinion, uh, to a conference rival in OU. Uh, by the way, the uh, quarterback for uh, West Virginia, his season passing stats were 162 yards against Penn State, 240 against Duquesne. Uh, he got hurt against Pitt, 142 against TCU last week. He threw for 391 last lot. Sark will uh, call his number in passing yards Saturday. Okay, guys, we got uh, a super chat I need to read from Jason Hablinski. And he says, tough pill to swallow, but A&M is out recruiting us overall. How do we turn that around? We have a couple of wins, Simmons for sure. But overall, they are winning the recruiting battle. Well, it's, 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 it's a loaded question because um, in the day and age of NIL, you have to make decisions. And, you know, are you going to – you can't, you're not going to get everybody. You can't get everybody. You have to balance high school recruiting and portal. Uh, Bobby, I, I know you'll want uh, uh, to speak to this, but I mean, you have to make decisions nowadays. This is not, this is not a collection of talent. This is still assembling a team. I mean, it, it, but you have to be, uh, I, again, I was talking to a college assistant last night and a uh, really good college assistant and, and, Look, they don't even go after everybody, and they could. I mean, you you have to, you still have to build a team to the best of your ability. Bobby, I think. Look, I think that the A and M clearly is is playing the NIL game as well as anybody right now. Don't don't doubt it. Uh, don't disagree with it. Um, I, here's the the real issue. They're four and two. They go and lose to Tennessee this weekend, they're four and three. Yeah. I, I just look, they can have good recruiting classes all they want. If they can't do anything with them, time will tell. That's, that's the reality. And at some point you have to make a decision about the head coach and that just changes the whole complexion of it. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, Jerry. Um, I do think that they've got uh, done a terrific job on the defensive line, but, and, and they've done a good job elsewhere. But at the end of the day, they're not really – I don't know that A&M is the, the team that Texas needs to be concerned with right now. Uh, by the way, I'm not calling out somebody. Don't bring it up. I don't agree that Jimbo's a great recruiter, by the way. I agree with that. Well, we do have some more – certainly, He certainly wasn't at Florida State. Yeah. I mean, he let that program down. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – I mean, fast talkers aren't generally the guys that are called good recruiters. Uh, well, you're watching Coffee and Football right here uh, on on Texas Football, presented by BKCW Insurance. And we got some more recruiting questions that we need to get to, guys, and we'll use that as a segue into them. 
E. Kim says, morning from rainy Rockford, Illinois, again, apparently. With the new offer to the defensive line target in Miami, does this mean that Texas is going to recruit Miami and South Florida more? I hope so. I mean, look, I mean, if Mario Cristobal doesn't learn when to take a knee, <laughs> everybody should be so bad everybody guys. should be recruiting Dade and Broward County. Um, yeah, look, I hope Texas recruits a lot in Florida, guys. A lot, because there are there's so much raw talent in that state. I'm I'm I I'm just telling you, I lived down there six years. I did this nationally for a long time. There is as much raw upside talent in that state as any state in America, more than any other state in America. And, and it's because, look, it's not this. We talked about this before, but for we have so many new people commenting and coming to this station. Here's the thing to know. There, the setup is not like Texas. It's not like Georgia. It's not like Ohio for high school football. You know, uh, I was with Keith Niebuhr, a colleague of mine, uh, and all of ours at On3 Gators site yesterday. We were up in Willis. I went up there with him to see DJ Lagway. They have a 2026 kid, Jermaine Bishop, that's a stud at corner, by the way. That's one of the reasons I went up there. But he was talking about how, my gosh, Willis is out on the field for their athletic period. Uh, they lift a little bit. They come back for a walkthrough practice. That you don't see those things except maybe a St. Thomas Aquinas, a few places in Florida. I've been on practice fields in Florida before. There's three full-time coaches. Practice starts. They have three coaches out there and 50 kids, and the rest of the coaches have other jobs, and they show up 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes into practice. No athletic period. It's not the same setup. The booster clubs aren't there. Um, I used to do uh, – either play-by-play or a color analyst for local high school games down in South Florida for about three or four years, there'd be 1,500 people in the stands on Friday night, and there'd be 20 Division One players. I mean, so it's just the setup's just not there. The kids are so raw. They have so much upside. Moving to the SEC, I would love guys to see Texas uh, recruit more in Florida than they ever have, especially if you want to be a player development program. Because you I, I got to say this. You get guys that come out of that state and develop them because they are fast and aggressive. I went to a high school practice. This was back in the 1990s, back when I was traveling uh, the, the country at Miami's Northwestern High School. <laughs> they literally had, uh, as a group, they had 15 seniors that signed Division One scholarships. The coach invited me to go to the practice. I was in his, I was in his office with like eight other division one assistants at the time and I'm in there and they're all talking. We go out to the field, all that me, I'm a, I'm a reporter at the time. Uh, we go out to the field and there's eight division one assistants. Literally all there is Jerry, there's no lines on the field, Nothing. just dirt, like rock dirt. Like I, I was just like, it felt like they were practicing on concrete in Miami. Yeah. I mean, And I was just like, what is going on? And it takes you about 10 seconds to realize why those guys are a little hard when they get to to college. They, they, they leave practice and they, and by the way, they don't know how to practice just walkthroughs. No, <laughs> they don't do walkthroughs. They, look, they the hall the hallways are physical in between classes. And yeah, and so okay. I, look, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to say this. I laughed at when y'all first talk, started talking about Miami. 
and taking a knee. Um, can you imagine how apoplectic this place would be? Uh, that would have happened to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Holy cow. Hey, I've got a I mean, story. I, I think it would. I think I think the chairman of the Board of Regents at Texas may have said something. Hey, I, now, I got I'm serious now. That would that there's bonehead, and then there's whatever the hell he was thinking. I, I, mean, I gotta tell this idiot. story, Bobby, before because the fans will love this one. And by the way, the first time I ever went to Miami Central for a practice, Luther Campbell was the DC, and it was an MF fest for two hours on kids, and they responded. <laughs> and it was the most physical practice ever. Uh, but yesterday at Willis High School, Bobby knows he covered him and evaluated him. Derek Lagway was out of Willis. DJ Lagway, the five-star quarterback going to Florida. His dad was the fullback at Florida when Kevin Steele's first game at Baylor against UNLV. And he, and he, that, he said that crystal ball thing, he saw it and it brought back flashbacks. So Keith Niebuhr and I talked to him about this yesterday. He was the fullback. At Baylor. Baylor. At Baylor, at not at Baylor. Florida. Baylor was at three. Kevin Steele's first game. They were on, I think, the UNLV one or two yard line. They could have taken a knee to win the game. Instead, Kevin Steele being the new head coach. No, nope, we're establishing what we are. We're going to punch it in on UNLV. Daryl Bush fumbles, and UNLV returns at 99 yards to win the game. And the Steele era was never had a chance after that. But La Derek Lagway was the fullback. And his story was pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I said, the crazy thing was, he said, when you're young and you're playing the game, you don't really have time to look at your coach and say, what the hell are you thinking right now? <laughs> you just try to go execute the play. Oh, goodness. All right. All right. We're talking and recruiting uh, right here on Coffee and Football presented by BKCW Insurance. We got some more recruiting questions we got to get to, guys. Rodolfo Esquivel says, update on DeCorey and Moore. That one will play out a while. Uh, Texas will, you know, th that'll be a nice little SEC battle there with uh, uh, LSU and Texas. Um, USC, Oklahoma, they'll keep trying. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens long term. I mean, these are these are high stakes recruitments. He's a five-star receiver. There aren't many guys like him. He's better than anybody in the state this year at that position. Um Texas had him on campus once. He he didn't show up the second time. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a real fight. It'll be a nice SEC battle there. All right, we'll do some more recruiting questions here in just a second. But before we do, Bobby, you want to go ahead and tell everybody about BKCW Insurance? Yeah, our newest sponsor is BKCW Insurance. Did your business have a frustrating insurance or employee benefits renewal? Most likely, you didn't hear from your agent all year, and then at the last minute. Right before it was time to renew, they delivered the bad news of a rate increase. When this happens, the agent is actually providing no value and you're stuck in what we call the insurance trap. Uh, BKCW takes you out of the insurance trap by providing you with actual risk management consulting. It's not just price quoting. Operating out of their Austin headquarters uh, and owned by a UT grad, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots design a plan, execute it, and monitor your situation throughout the year so that you can lower your insurance costs and effectively manage your company's risk. BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas escape the insurance trap. And it all starts with a free risk assessment. Go to BKCW or send an email to info at BKCW to get started 
with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. Thanks for your uh, support of coffee and football, BKCW. Okay, guys, uh, this we've had a couple of questions on this prospect. KJ4, do you have any update there, Jerry? Uh, the uh, young, young uh, player at Dunkerville, very talented kid, 2026 uh, kid, tied DN, tied in. Uh, very early in his recruitment, big-time guy, will be a national prospect. And then one player that we've gotten a lot of questions on, I know you've touched on this at the beginning, uh, but let's talk about it again because there's just been so many. Uh, and we have a super chat from Juan about it. Thank you, Juan. He says, is Wingo a lock for Mizzou? Sorry if this was already discussed, but thanks for joining us now, Juan. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, Chris Jackson's headed up there today. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how things play out the next couple of weeks. The thing I'll continue to say is that recruitment's not going to December. And I'll be surprised if it goes past the end of October. And then, Jerry, we've also had a couple of questions about Ryan Williams. Can you give us the update on the talented wide receiver out of Alabama? Yeah, I mean, not, he's, he's going to schools. He's visiting other schools. Not, he hasn't been to Texas this year. If K.J. Lacey makes it to a game this year, I suspect Ryan Williams will be with him. Um, uh, AJ Milway scheduled to be at Sarah Land's game tonight to see KJ Lacey play. Uh, Ryan Williams is at Georgia last weekend. He's been at Auburn where his dad played. And I've said this a lot. I was at Sarah Land a few weeks ago. I was saying it before that. I was at Sarah Land in June. This is a real SEC recruiting battle now with Ryan Williams. There is a ton of pressure on him to stay in state because his father played at Auburn. He's been committed to Alabama. He was at LSU this summer. He's been to Georgia. Um, but this is a real SEC battle. He's working to reclassify to 2024. This one will play out a while. Um, but there is a, a ton of pressure to stay in state on that kid and that family. We'll see what happens. Okay, guys, we got some more Super Chats we need to get to. Uh, Drew Elm says, if we went out, does Quinn make it to New York? And thank you, Drew, for the Super Chat. I think that depends on... You know, Caleb Williams did not have a good game against Arizona for his standards. Um, there's I, there's a lot of games on in the Pac-12 that I think are going to push and decide a lot about this Heisman race. Uh, Washington plays Oregon this weekend. If Washington beats USC, if, you, if Caleb Williams doesn't have a good game against Notre Dame, um, it, it's going to get Heisman's going to get interesting. Hey, look, what if Drake May? puts up big numbers the rest of the way and Mac Brown doesn't finds a way to not lose a game this year in the regular season. They're playing FSU in the ACC title game. I mean, I think there's so much that's going to go on. I think if Texas handles business and goes 11 and one, depending on what Dylan Gabriel does, I could see uh, Quinn being invited. I think that, I think that race is wide open. I yeah. think the dark horse right now, even not even a dark horse is Michael Penix at Washington. Yeah. I think that, uh, uh, I think that if I were actually vote, if I were actually handicapping that race, that's who I would say is the favorite over Caleb Williams right now. It just feels that way from a national media perspective. Uh, but they have to beat Oregon this weekend. And he has to have a good game against Oregon and USC head to head with Caleb Williams. And that game's at USC. If he does, he's going to be in the driver's seat because that offense is really good. I think we have one more super chat. I just need to read real quick from Johnny Epps. Thank you, Johnny, again. He says, I'm back. Jay Christian from Port Neches Grove. What's the word? Texas likes him a lot. If he, that kid called and wanted to commit today, they'd take him. Jackson Christian, we're talking about from Port Neches Grove's 
They loved him at June camp, offered him. He came back uh, late July um, uh, for the uh, pool party recruiting event. He was back for, I believe, the Wyoming game, nor is the Kansas game. He was at the Kansas game unofficially. He likes Texas. Texas likes him. He's under-recruited right now for sure. 82-inch wingspan, 10-plus-inch hands. Super smart kid. I went through there in August. Uh, like him at guard a lot. Not saying he couldn't play right tackle. Uh, he's, he's a really good prospect. The guy that's both underrated and under-offered right now. Texas likes him. He likes Texas. Texas would accept a commitment if he made the call. Okay, guys, plenty of a little bit of time left to get your questions in. So please do so, and we'll try to get to as many as we can. Um, and this next question is going to come from Jason Wason. And he says, What are the horns doing to address the red zone issues on offense and communication drops for defense? You know, I, I, I can't tell you what they're doing right now. I mean, that's part of what practice is about and what the coaches are trying to, to get together. Uh, I, I would imagine they're going to lean a little bit more on uh, uh, some heavy personnel like Malik Ogbo staying in the game on the goal line. I would imagine that uh, Savion Red uh, package might open up a little bit more on the red zone. I also think they might put the ball in the hands of Quinn Ewers a little bit more. Uh, and if you're going to start passing on the goal line, then start figuring it out and get it going. Uh, as far as communication drops on defense, you know, I think that some of that came to pass, uh, and I'm not sure exactly why, but in the moment, uh, that was a, a big thing. Uh, I think that on the final play of the OU game, David Benda just didn't hear the call. And maybe that partially is the fact that you know they're in the OU side of the game, side of the field. They're not. Everybody's not checking. Everybody's the, the clock's winding down. All of that stuff is happening. Uh, is why that maybe didn't happen. I'm more concerned about the Drake Stoops uh, misplay. That uh, there was the 20 plus yard reception for Drake Stoops. That was a miscommunication between the corners and the safeties, and that cannot happen, especially when you're playing off coverage like Texas was. So all. Better communication. Texas has pretty good communication. They've done a, a pretty good job. The fact that it hurt them that late in the game is, is concerning. Uh, and so they they need to clean that stuff up. It's just communication is just cleaning it up. A red zone offense is a different issue because that can be more strategic. Uh, uh, David Williams has had a good question. I, was, I wanted to get to. Um, yeah. Yes, there you go. Um, look, to me, it's. That's a better question when these guys start showing up on campus. You got to get these guys back on campus. Mac and Gibson, Phil, same. You got to get them on campus. Period. I believe Blake. You talked to somebody close to that recruitment. Blake Gideon. They had a good conversation with Phil, same, and his, his father this week. But they're going to go up and see him. I think in a couple of weeks for a game. Uh, so they're going to have to build a little relationship there in a quick uh, manner uh, because I think it's a bit of an issue. Texas waited so long to offer him, but it's also something Texas potentially can get around because the kid, everybody thought he was headed to Florida for college where his mom lives in Orlando and he ultimately committed to Florida early. Um, so we'll see there. Uh, but look, for me, it really comes down to which of these guys get back on campus and win. If, if I'm, if I was handicapping it right now before anybody gets back to campus, I think probably Mac would be at the top of that list. Um, and, and then, and then Corey and, and then Phil same, but we'll see what happens with Corian. He's out for the season with an injury. I, I think when that stuff happens, that, a lot of times that makes you get to that point of it, it goes one of two ways. 
dance with the one who brung you. You know, you're sticking with Clemson. They stuck with me through injury. I'm not going to sit there and bounce on them now. Or, oh, my gosh, maybe I should stay home. We'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, if, if I, I want to be – if I want – you know, if this happened to me while I was in college, would I want to be yeah. – and three a thousand miles away, or what I would want my parents to be able to come see me in two hours. And and here's the other part: Does Texas push as hard now? Yeah, that's true. Okay, we have a question here from Football Texas. He says, "Great content as always, guys. Is it easier to recruit a high school player or transfer a kid, or is it about the same?" I actually think it's easier to recruit a transfer portal guy. Agree. And the reason why is they've. They know those guys can tell the BS from them and they, they make their decisions quicker and they're not sitting there really considering 40 schools. Yeah. You know, the, the transfer guys are down to three or four pretty quick. Um, they're looking for playing time uh, and a good fit. Uh, and so I feel like it's easier to recruit a transfer player, uh, but it's also more difficult to to convince a transfer player, if that makes sense. Like if you're a snake oil salesman, transfer portal is not going to be real easy for you. Yeah. You know, if you, if you're a snake oil salesman, you can make it through uh, recruiting different players from different places. Agree with Bobby. I'm, I'm on transfer kid as well. Um, because with high school kids and I love you guys, I love them all parents. I know, but NILs made the unrealistic expectations from kids even more so nowadays, even more so. Um, I, I was actually talking with a college assistant about that yesterday is that it, it, it's it's not easier. It's tougher now. So high school kids, Jerry, uh, and, and my, it's just natural. Right. They don't know how the sausage is made in college. That's right. That's right. If a, a portal guy knows how the sausage is made. They know what it feels like to wake up and go to 5 a.m. workouts, yep. have to be at study hall at 8 p.m. at night and sit on the bench. They know what it's, you know, they know all of those things. The high school player, the high school recruit does not. And so a, a coach that knows darn well those things um, it, it just makes for a more realistic recruitment uh, for the college player or for the portal player, as well as the college co coach recruiting him. A more honest conversation. Yeah. And, and more, and look, reality is there's a lot of high school kids nowadays making decisions, not based on football. These transfer portal guys, um, more of them are making football decisions right now. Football decisions are academic decisions. Yeah. Those are the two, the, the rest of it and football may be part NIL. So yeah. I'm not, you know, as a, as a possibility, but um, there's no, I'm going there because my, you know, my girlfriend wants me to go back and live in this. I mean, they're, they're straight out, you know? So I agree. It's a good question. I like that question. Can we get a couple more super chats? We have to get to guys before we wrap it up. This first one from T-Ball 75. Thank you, T-Ball. And he says, how does NIL come into play with the recruits if you can't offer money before they commit? Or am I just being naive? Yeah, I, no, I mean, you actually can. So first of all, I played T-ball in about 1975. So I, I like, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the, the uh, username there. Um, look, it is legal to tell a player uh, what 
they uh, can get uh, at your university by comparison to other people that have already received such things at your university. So that that is a, a legally discussable to topic and is discussed. Okay, um, and so that is part of the part of the process. You're not naive. It's just legal. Um, you can't say I'm going to give you this amount of money. This is what you're worth, etc. You can say, oh, by the way, player X got this when he when he and he was similarly situated to you. Totally legal. And that's how it's that's how it's broached. Primarily. Hey, but real quick, uh, you know, I'm not saying that. there aren't some other people that do things nefariously, but that that's generally how it happens. Uh, we had somebody you have to bring it up. Somebody checked in. I think Rich Thompson from Sherman. Go watch Kane Bowen. Tell us what you think. Kane Bowen, junior up at Sherman. Good player. Running back linebacker. Okay, guys, then we have a super chat here from Juan. And Juan, again, thank you again, Juan. Uh, he says, should we be concerned with Houston from the big win yesterday? Bobby and Jerry, your thoughts? I'm concerned, yeah. I mean, I, you should be concerned with every team you play. Um, uh, Houston is on a little bit of a roll, too, now. I mean, I, I mentioned Donovan Smith finishing 16 of 16 to finish that game. Maybe he's starting to get used to Dana Holgerson and how that – in the new receivers, et cetera. Maybe they've found something a little bit there. Uh, at the same time, Texas is on a little bit of roll on offense as well. Uh, if Texas can get pass rush pressure on U of H and stop their quarterback run, uh, I think uh, U of H is not necessarily the same as uh, OU as an offense. They don't have that kind of um, execution level, in my opinion. Uh, and Texas was able to do stop uh, uh, OU a couple different times. Um, if I had to say anything, I'm interested in see how special teams shows out right now because Houston's getting some uh, field position, generating field position and points off special teams. So uh, it'll be good on good in that regard. Concern, yes. Uh, Jerry, what do you think? I mean, if Texas goes and plays a B-plus game or an A-minus game, um, Texas wins by two touchdowns or more. But they got to wow. go do it. But they got to go do it. Uh, I just look. I, I Houston's ranked 105th in in the country in defense for a reason. Um, I like that Houston won. I actually like how they won. I want Texas to take everybody's best shot. That's the only way you're going to be able to maximize yourself as a team. I want Texas to take everybody's best shot. So if you get back to that Big 12 championship game, you're ready to deliver your best shot. Jerry says, "Don't back down." They, that, they didn't deliver their thing. best shot last week. I, I want them to get everybody's best shot the next six games, and then go deliver their best shot in the Big Twelve Championship game. There you go. All right, last one for today, and it's another super chat. This one from Kale. Want to thank Kale for this, and he says, "How is it that Sark had his wide receivers at Bama literally had them playing rock paper scissors for the touchdown route?" How come we are not seeing that ease here at Texas? All four were first-round picks. Maybe the best, most talented receiver core I've ever seen in college football. I mean, four first-round picks. I mean, we said this before the Bama game, and this is where Bama was different headed into this season, and this is where they're going to continue to be different. There was a three-year run where – 
you could ask any college defensive coordinator went up against them and you felt overwhelmed playing against their talent. I mean, four first round picks at wide out, multiple draft picks at running back, tied in, all four or five starters drafted on the offensive line, backups that were first rounders, future first rounders on the offensive line, quarterbacks that were first round picks. Um, they could absolutely overwhelm you with offense. Um, that is where Alabama is different now. They can't overwhelm you anymore. Those teams were as loaded offensively as any I've seen in college football, maybe some of the Miami teams. And look, they still lost to Clemson because Clemson had first-round pick at quarterback, first-round pick at running back, wide receivers and tight ends in the NFL. They just didn't have the offensive line. But, I mean, those were when – when those – some of those games were as talented offensively as you'll ever see. Okay, before we go, Bobby, I'm going to let's tell everybody about BKCW Insurance one last time, and then we got to get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. Did your business have a frustrating insurance or employee benefits renewal? Most likely, you didn't hear from your agent all year until they delivered the bad news of a rate increase. When this happens, the agent is providing little to no value, and you're stuck in what we call the insurance trap. BKCW takes you out of the insurance trap by, by providing you with actual risk management consulting, not just price quoting, uh, based out of Austin, Texas and owned by a UT grad, uh, BKCW uses a five-step process to identify your business's weak spots, design a plan, and execute it. Uh, BKCW has already helped some of the most well-known construction companies, restaurant groups, breweries, and nonprofits in Central Texas escape the restaurant or the insurance trap, and it all starts with a free risk assessment, go to BKCW or send an email info at BKCW to get started with a free risk assessment or claims audit and escape the insurance trap. We appreciate them. Blake, we've got some good content coming on later today. Uh, not only do we have uh, uh, the another live stream, we're joining, uh, Jerry and I are joining with uh, Rod Babers today at one o'clock for our uh, normal live stream. And then both uh, uh Justin Wells and uh, Joe Cook have questions answered uh, tonight. So uh, we got some good content coming on your way. I also want to say this, uh, Eric Nalin and the Humidor uh, on Inside Texas is coming up uh, around uh, 10 o'clock today. Uh, you should be interested in that. Not only are we going to have uh, on that, not only are we going to have uh, some team news, but also some recruiting nuggets as well. Uh, if you're interested in a subscription to, on to Inside Texas, uh, visit InsideTexas.com. Use promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. $1 for two months. It's a special offer. First-time subscribers only. That's OTFIT23. Okay, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Coffee and Football right here on On Texas Football, presented by BKCW Insurance. We want to thank them. Uh, thank all of you for tuning in. Thank you for the super chats. Be sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Ring the bell so you're notified anytime and every time a video is posted here. And for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you Monday morning. Hook them, guys. Have a good weekend. <laughs>